0: So what do you have to lose? So make sure that you go to adamandeve.com to get your 10 free gifts. It's not hard, but it will be. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code HOLLY at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts. Go check out adamandeve.com today, select one item, and get 10 free gifts, including free shipping, when you enter offer code HOLLY. That's H-O-L-L-Y at adamandeve.com. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Balesa.co. Balesa is an amazing collective of porn, erotica, and articles for women, they have some incredibly sexy videos from amazing studios like Nubile Films, Erotica X. I'm actually looking at this uh, one video from um, Female Worship where the guy goes down on the girl for the entire video, which is super cool. I never actually see that. You see like all blowjob videos, but you never see like all cunnilingus videos. So that's different. Um, They also have really amazing erotic stories. They have really incredible and relevant articles. They have an article on how Florida just declared porn a public health risk, but wouldn't debate guns, which is some serious bullshit. And they also have other cool, fun, more lighthearted articles like Erotic Spanking, Not Your Mother's Spanking Guide. So definitely go check out Balesa. They are an amazing company. They are sex positive. They are female sex positive. And they're just some really, really cool people. And I think that they're doing some really progressive things in the adult industry. So check them out at Balesa.co. That's B-E-L-L-E-S-A dot C-O. Today on Holly Randall Unfiltered, I am... Absolutely so excited to be bringing you Stormy Daniels. She is somebody who's been in the media a lot lately and I'm really excited to talk to her about everything that's going on. I'm not entirely sure how much she's going to be able to reveal, but honestly, I'm more interested in talking to her about the media circus that has surrounded her since the whole Donald Trump story came out. Rather than what actually happened with Donald Trump, that doesn't interest me so much as how she's weathering this insane storm. Because I've always known Stormy to be a really smart and really tough chick, and um, you know, the media can be brutal and. I think that um, she's probably really being put through a lot right now, and I just I want to check in with her and see how she's handling all of it. So, everybody, please welcome the incomparable Stormy Daniels. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you to my amazing guest, uh, Stormy Daniels, for also joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to see you. So... Uh, You've been doing much lately, huh? Yeah, just you know, kind of sitting
1: around. Yeah, and... it's
0: been a, it's been quiet. I've been wondering what you've been up to. I'm like, yeah, you know, I haven't much. heard I haven't heard Stormy's name lately. You probably forgot about. me. Yeah, I kind of did. I was like, what happened? That girl, she just faded into oblivion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yes.
0: how are you? Frazzled. <laughs> I bet. I bet it's been um, a bit of a hurricane these last few weeks, hasn't it?
1: Yes. Yes. But you know, got to make lemonade out of lemons, I guess.
0: Yeah. You know, um, so I know that I can't ask you anything specific, so we're just gonna get that out of the way because I know that people were like hoping that I was gonna get some great expose, and I was like, no, that's not gonna (laughs) happen. I can guarantee you that. Um, But how are you just handling, like, for me, I'm kind of more interested in the media fallout around everything because I think it's really kind of reflected the way that mainstream society sees the adult industry, and unfortunately, you've probably become the brunt of a lot of that.
1: Yes. Um, there's been two interesting things. Mm. Um, they won't say my name without putting the word porn star in front of it, which normally doesn't bother me because I'm not one of those people that are like, oh no, you have to call me an adult entertainment artist. Right. You know, like, or <laughs> it doesn't bother me except yeah. that it's so prevalent, and I have a kid. Yeah, And I'm just waiting for her to go, what's up, porn star? Yeah, You know what I mean? So that's, you know, they just, because if I was a waitress, it wouldn't be waitress Stormy Daniels or, <laughs> or bank teller Stormy Daniels. Right, right. You know, um, so that's been, you know, they like to sensationalize and, yeah. and use that. Yes. Um, also, and I don't know if this is just the media in general or if it's just in relation to me and what's going on, is there not a thing as fact-checking anymore? No. Like they will That's wh- why there's so much fake news out there. Ha, exactly. <laughs> um but like they will literally say like blatant lies. And some of it I get cuz they're trying to like make me look bad or paint the stereotypical mm-hmm. image. And some of it doesn't even make sense. Like the first dance booking I did uh which was a club that I'd been to before uh back in January there I absolutely did not give any interviews. Mm-hmm. Did not happen. You know, I was slammed anyway, but a journalist wrote a whole article about an interview, and I'm using air quotes interview that I did. And if you're going to make up a story, at least make it good, but it was like the details in it were so. Like, why would you lie about that? It was like, she pointed to the DVD with her like pink sparkly nail polish and said, my nails weren't even painted pink. (laughs) Like, it was like, why would you lie about that? That's so random. And it was like talking about two of my DVDs that I obviously wrote, directed, and produced. So I I know that I never said these words. And it said like, oh, she talked about how um, her newest movie, Unbridled, is the sequel to Want It. Mm, no. Wanted was set in the 1700s and Unbridled was set this year. Yeah. Like, it's not a, like, it's just like, why would you even lie about that? Right. Like, and then there, it went on to talk about other things that I won't repeat, but it was just like, why? Was it, it a reputable news yes, source at all? Yes. It was? And then, yeah. And then the LA Times this weekend made up blatant lies about me. I did a dance booking. Um, at the Deja Vu in Hollywood. Uh, that morning, I text the manager, like I've done with every dance booking that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. You know, you text the day before or the morning of you're supposed to be there, hey, just checking in. Uh, what time would you like me to be there? Do, is there anything I need to know? Usually ask if it's topless or nude, if I don't know. Mm-hmm. If there's any rules, do you have my intro? Does the DJ prefer a drive or CD? Like all these things. So, right. That you want to be prepared for your show, right? He said, "Oh, that's great. We look forward to having you. Please be here at nine o'clock. We plan to put you on stage between nine thirty and ten. Cool." I pulled in at exactly nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Was on stage at ten o'clock. Had a great show. Made the most in tips that I've ever made in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything went perfect. They were they treated me great. I tipped out when I left. I got paid. There was absolutely no issues whatsoever. Right. Read in the L.A. Times, which is a re- reputable paper, the next right. morning that the club uh, employees were and I quote air quotes again uh, disgruntled that I was unprofessional. I was late. That I made the customers wait. And they even had a quote from an, a manager named Eddie. And being L.A. Times, they put it on Twitter and it was picked up by all these other news agencies. And it really honestly it really hurt my feelings. Yeah. Because I thought I did a great job. They told me to my face I did a great job. There was people there. I made money.
0: Yeah. So I'm not
1: really understanding what could have happened. Right. And like I said if somebody says like they think I'm ugly or they don't like my show or they don't like my costume that's an opinion and being in the adult industry for as long as I have I have a thick skin that rolls off. But right. to blatantly lie and say that I was late is not true. Yeah, and so I text the manager and sent him a screenshot and was like, "Explain this to me, because I did what you asked me to do." And blah, blah blah. And he was like, "This absolutely didn't happen. I've asked all my staff. No one said this. You were right on time. Your show was the best we've had. It was the busiest we've had for our first show in the evening. You were the most prof- And I can show you the text message. You were the most professional feature entertainer we've ever had, and we're really embarrassed and we apologize."
0: That's but, insane. But this has
1: happened every weekend that wow. I've been dancing, and they'll just randomly make up stuff. And sometimes it's actually very entertaining and funny. Yeah. Like uh, I carry. I every time I get to a new city, I run to Walmart mm-hmm. and I get the things that I need for my show mm-hmm. that I don't put in my suitcase: candles because they'll break, mm-hmm. um, lotion because it'll leak, mm-hmm. a blanket because I ruin it, and I always get a laundry basket, a mm-hmm. white laundry basket because they're three dollars and ninety-five cents at Walmart, <laughs> and I throw them away at the end of the booking. I use a laundry basket because I can see it in the dark. Cause it's white, yeah, and it's not going to get ruined if it gets wet or whatever. Yeah, and so I have, and then it I- sounds
0: like a science.
1: Yeah, it's I do have it down to yeah. a science. I am very meticulous about yeah. this. I take it very serious, and so <laughs> I use the basket on stage to throw my costume into mm-hmm. it and to pick the money up and whatever. And then afterwards, I dump it out and I use it to bring out my DVDs and merch to do mm-hmm. autographs. Well, the laundry basket's in the background of the shots of me mm-hmm. signing mm-hmm. and the headline on TMZ that week was Stormy Daniels is so broke. She has to do her laundry at the strip club. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed because that was <laughs> also total horse. Can I cuss? I'm yeah, not. you can like totally okay. cuss because it's total horseshit. Still very funny. It <gasps> oh doesn't, doesn't really make me look unprofessional. It's just entertaining and yeah. like stupid but funny. <laughs> but like this other stuff about me being late or that I just yeah. it makes me look bad. And my agent called me today in a in a total meltdown that some of the other clubs were like questioning booking me yeah. because they thought that
0: you were unprofessional. I, I thought unprofessional. oh this whole thing's gotten her head and now she's a diva nah. and all that kind yeah. of stuff.
1: And like a club and um, a paper in New York when I was there said that I was such a bitch I didn't even come out. And take pictures with the fans, but it's funny because the very next article was a video of me taking pictures with the fans. Where, wow, well, if nobody took a picture with me and nobody was interested, how did after that one show did I sign for two hours and do like fifteen hundred dollars in photos?
0: That's insane.
1: So like, it they, they have free reign to just make up whatever they want. Yeah. it's really frustrating. It's got to be, and because uh, because I think that first of all the paparazzi. Like, they're not great with boundaries anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you think? But because I'm in the adult business, there's less boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just dealing yes. with fans. Like, yeah, I yeah. think because they've seen us naked, that they can cross the line a little bit further. Mm-hmm. And that comes with the job. Right. But like, they've been knocking on my door in my house, and I haven't been there. I've been on the road or whatever, but I get it. Like, it's your job to come and try to find me, it's your job to try to get the scoop, whatever. I get it. I'm not mad about it. It's annoying, but I'm not mad. Mm-hmm. What I am mad about is when you walk across the street and tell all of my neighbors who I am, and then my kid it, can't play with some of her friends. Oh, That's man. uncalled for. That's really tough. Because you know you go over and knock, oh, what do you think about living across the street from Stormy Daniels? And the lady's like, who? What? Oh, you didn't know? Across the street from you is adult porn star. You know, blah, 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 blah. So obviously now it's like... <sighs> Her her kids are outside, they see us, she's like, inside, you know? Yeah. Like, uncalled for.
0: Yeah, that's brutal. I remember being a kid and having to make up stories about what my parents did for a living because we just didn't want people to know and to make erroneous judgments about our family and kind of see us in a disparaging light. And I had a better childhood than most people, so...
1: Exactly. You know, like, that
0: has nothing to do with... um, who you are as a parent, you know what you do for a living, and that's just no, It's so frustrating that people have been that way.
1: Yeah, they. I mean, she's seven. Yeah, but I mean, she's handling it really well, and she. I don't lie to her. Mm-hmm. Like she knows that I come to LA and I write and direct movies and I make movies, and she knows that they're. She doesn't know what sex is. Mm-hmm. Therefore, she doesn't know what porn is.
0: Right but she understands it's for grown-ups only.
1: She understands that there's movies that come on TV mm-hmm. that are inappropriate for kids. Mm-hmm. She knows that there's things called horror movies or mm-hmm. you know action movies that show violence and there are things that you're not allowed to watch when you're they're for grown-ups only. Yeah. And she knows that I do movies that aren't for kids.
0: Yeah, that's I mean that's pretty much how because people always ask me like how did you, when did you find out how did you know and I don't remember there ever being like this epiphany moment where like you know my parents lied to me the whole time and then right. suddenly came clean which I think personally, is much healthier because it wasn't a shock and right. it wasn't raised with the sense that what my parents did was shameful. Exactly. It was, And what they told me was basically like, it's for grownups only. Yeah, And I and was I like, t- okay,
1: whatever. I can tell you without a doubt, the day she finds out what sex is, the very next sentence that I say is, oh, do you know those movies that mommy you know, yeah. makes or is involved in whatever I'm at at that point in time? Mm-hmm. Well, those have sex in them. And I guarantee instead of freaking out, she'd be like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Like she won't care.
0: Because the thing is, your kid, like obviously, normalcy is relative. So, you know what is normal to them is what they were raised around, and if you don't make, it's like when kids fall down and they and they hurt themselves, and they look to see, like if you
1: cry, and I'm like, get up. Yeah,
0: exactly. If they're like, well, you know, because they take cues from their parents, so. You don't treat it. It's like it's some big shameful deal. Then she won't feel that same way. She won't have that same um, kind of bias against it, which I think is a much healthier way to raise children.
1: You know, she falls off her pony. I'm like, is anything broken? Get back on. Yes. You know what I mean? Always got to get back on the horse. Gotta get back on. So I mean, that's I'm way more terrified. This is so funny. Like I'm so scared about when she finds out that I've been lying. About Santa Claus. (laughs) Like, I'm not kidding. That's going to be, like, I think. That's going to crush her. She's going to look at, I mean, I'm really, it could go either two ways, because she's very smart. She's either Mm going to look at me and be like, I know, I was just seeing how long I can milk it for. Yeah. Which is what I'm hoping that she's, I'm hoping with all my heart she's playing me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think she believes, and I think she's going to be like. You lie to me. Like I think I'm way more terrified about that than about her finding out that I make movies for grown-ups. Yeah, I
0: know, right? I wonder how like parents, because I don't remember how I found that out either. I think I just it probably you get to an age where like your friend finds out and then your friend tells me like Santa Claus isn't real and they're like no, they're like yeah, he's not real and then you kind of grow to believe that. But I don't remember that moment either about finding out about Santa Claus.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be, it's not going to be a good day. Yeah. I'm way more concerned about that. <laughs>
0: So okay, so you started off as a dancer, and that was the other thing that you were expressing frustration about when we yes. before we started the podcast was that people were like, "Oh, she's got to go back to dancing now, or she
1: has to start dancing to, now." Yeah, That's and it's like you've thing.
0: always been a dancer; you've always done feature dancing. I mean, you started off as a dancer. Right. You were a dancer when I'm when we first met you.
1: Right. It's like I keep reading these stories. I'm like, oh, it's so sad that she must have spent all her money, and now she's resorted to traveling in this you know, to do these strip club tours. I'm like, um that hasn't changed at all in the last fifteen years. Yeah. Like I've always been a feature dancer. The clubs that I'm going to, over half of them I've been to before. Yeah. Some of them were booked before all of this stuff happened. Right. They've they've changed their marketing. Right, right. right. Because they would be stupid not to. Right. Not saying I approve or whatever. I can't yeah. I have no control over that. Right. And I can even say like that whole make America horny thing. That's not me. A club owner in uh, South Carolina came up with it, and all the others jumped on it. Of I have course. no control over how a club like advertises me. Right. You haven't seen me type those words anywhere ever because it's <laughs> like, oh god, this is so cheesy. Yeah. But I don't have control over it. Right. And um, so it's like really frustrating that people think that I'm doing this because I have to, and it's because I'm sad, and I spend all my money. But it's not true. I'm doing my job that I've always done. Right. The same thing with movies.
0: Yeah. And then you also said that you felt that um, you were getting a lot of ageism too.
1: Yeah, which is crazy to me. Like, yeah. this isn't something that I was prepared for. Like, I've been called every name you can imagine. Mm-hmm. I am the devil. I'm a whore. I'm a slut. I'm a skank. I'm disgusting. I'm diseased, which is another huge misconception, obviously, because we're yeah. safer than the general public because we're right. testing. But, um, you know, I have no soul and I'm the devil. Maybe I am. But, but, <laughs> You're like you that know, last part, maybe. Or like, uh, you know, I'm too fat, or I'm too skinny, or my boobs are, you know, stupid. Whatever. Like that's I've been called all of that, and I was kind of prepared for that. But what I wasn't expecting was the, to how many people are latching on. Oh, you're too old to do porn. Like I've never really heard that before, and I didn't realize that there was an age limit on when you could be sexy. I understand you're too ugly to do porn, or you're <laughs> too like whatever. Yeah, but no one's saying that. No one's saying, like, you're too fat or your body, like, they're all saying you're too old. Which is
0: so, okay, first of all, it's so (laughs) wrong because I'll tell you right now, and I'm sure you're aware of the way that, like, you know, the the faux incest stuff has taken off, yeah, and like the milf stuff has taken off. That's like a big thing. So now, actually, you know, older women are more in demand in the adult industry than they've ever been. Yeah, like I am constantly looking for new milfs. Like mm-hmm. I need. More older women i mean we 're at a point now where we 're booking twenty six year old girls to play melts because we don 't have anybody older right i mean it 's ridiculous, so that 's totally inaccurate in just that sense alone um, and then also too, porn has always been great in the way that it 's embraced all different kinds of people right of all different shapes and sizes, different um, fetishes, different ages yeah and it 's been really inclusive in a way that mainstream media isn 't in and that 's the one thing i 've kind of always been. Proud about when it comes right. to porn. So for them to, to say yeah. that just shows that they don't understand
1: the adult industry at all. And it's coming mostly from women, which yeah, makes me. It's always that way, which makes it? me ask two questions. Mm-hmm. One, I thought we weren't supposed to reach our sexual peak to forty, right? So you're saying when I reach my peak, I shouldn't be enjoying it? Yeah, <laughs> like I shouldn't be shooting because it seems like that that would be the best time to shoot because right. it would be the best. To film. Yeah. Because I'm having a great time. Yeah. In theory. I mean, and here's my other question. If you're a woman and say, you know, your husband's 50, mm-hmm. would you rather walk in on him watching and masturbating to a 19 year old girl or to a 40 year old girl? Mm. Because to me, that's weird if he's masturbating to someone your daughter's age. Yeah. I mean, in my experience, men tend to like what's closer to them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, as I've gotten older, so has my fans. You know,
0: right? And I mean, I love work. It's funny. I, I love working with milfs. I actually say that if I could just do a milf movie all the time, it would be great because they show up. They show up on time. They read their script. Mm-hmm. They like brought the wardrobe that they were asked to bring. Um, they actually like can act. They are sexual because they've grown into right. their sexuality. They're experienced, yeah, and they're more comfortable with themselves, and they uh, know all the same bands that I used to listen to. There you go. <laughs> they know who Depeche Mode is. These exactly. days, I get these girls. I shot a girl um, the other day whose mom was the same age as me. <laughs> yeah, and it's happening more and more often now. Yeah, and it's just like so depressing to me.
1: But I don't know. That was that was a real shock for me. Yeah, and I can't understand. Don't you? I mean,
0: I don't know. For me, like I am so glad I'm not 20 anymore. I wouldn't go back and do my 20s again for anything.
1: I wish my butt was still 20. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, but, yeah, but Yeah, I, I, but I like physically, the,
0: yeah. yes. But I mean just um mentally, I mean, you change so much in your 30s, yeah. you know, and and you're so insecure about yourself when you're 20 and yeah. um you don't like I don't know, I feel like you don't you don't recognize your own value until you get older.
1: And you don't appreciate things.
0: Yes, you definitely That's, don't. Yeah. My mom would always say to me, She's like, You won't appreciate your looks, darling, until they're gone. And I'm like, fuck. She's so right. She was right. She was always right. Damn it. She was always right. <laughs> so we okay, so I we first met you like at the very beginning of your oh, career.
1: Yeah. How early was it? Had you shot before? I don't remember. Let's see. Um I had not done Boy Girl yet. Okay. When you shot me. And so it was in 2002. Okay. 2002. And I even remember how the conversation came up because I was, you know, I was brand new and I had done a couple girl girl scenes, but I mean, we both know there's not as much girl girl work as boy girl Mm -hmm. work. And I was in, you know, talks of maybe getting a contract. And if that was the case, they wanted to be the first person to shoot boy girl of me, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really was just looking to supplement income. And Brad was like, Brad Armstrong from Wicket mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, you should do some photo shoots. I can introduce you to some photographers because this is when magazines were still a really big mm-hmm. thing, and they'll shoot solo of you, even because mm-hmm. um, you don't even have to do a girl girl." And he starts rattling off names of uh, photographers he knows, and he's this person, that that one. I can't remember everybody. He goes, and then Suze Randall, and I was like, oh, "You have no idea." Like, but she won't shoot me. And he was like, why won't she shoot you? That doesn't make any sense. And I said, I've been sending her Polaroids for like two years, really? and they've never answered me. And my, I had a photo from a layout that Suze had shot taped in my locker at school, my senior oh. high school. And it was a layout that Suze had shot of Janine, and she's dressed in riding clothes in a horse trailer.
0: Oh, oh my God, I remember that day. And I, I actually assisted her that day on set, I remember.
1: And since I ride, it was like a double, like, oh my God, this is the hottest chick I've ever seen mm-hmm. doing my thing with mm-hmm. the most amazing photographer. And I used to buy magazines based on if they had a Suze layout, not based on who the girl was. Wow! I was totally stalking your mother. Wow. And so he was like, I know Suze really well. Do you want to meet her? And I was like, oh my God. He's like, we can go today. I'll call her right now. I'll drive you up there. I'm like to her house? And he's like, Yeah. And I remember he took me and I was more scared about meeting Sues than anyone else I've ever met. Wow. And she instantly loved me and booked me on the spot to shoot me. And so for my very Let pro- me guess,
0: did you bring up the fact that you rode horses like th- as one of the first things when you walked in the door?
1: Yeah, because we drove past the horses. Yeah.
0: That's like the fr- that's the best way to nail my mom. <laughs> is just literally right off the bat be like, I ride horses too. Then like it she will love you like it's just like you're a shoo-in. Yeah, and then really it went one funny. step further.
1: And she's like, oh, I do eventing. And I was like, oh my gosh, me too. Like, we even ride the same discipline.
0: Yeah. Which. Yeah, because there's a difference between hunter jumper and eventors. And, and a or lot of. racing or yeah, Western. Like and that. a lot of people aren't eventers. Right. It's not that
1: common. It's not that common because we're at a special breed of crazy. Yeah. And so we hit it off right away and she booked me to shoot like the next week. Yeah. And I was so nervous and I'll never forget this. You're going to be so upset with me. <laughs> so I got up to the shoot and I thought your mom was shooting me and you shot me. <laughs> I walked in and they're like, oh, Suze's, uh, Suze's daughter, Holly, is actually going to shoot you instead.
0: Who? What shoot was that? We had the
1: horse. I'm holding the horse and I think her horse, Kuba, is a baby. He's Oh, a my foal. God. I don't remember that shoot. How do I not remember that? We shoot? shot at the barn and there was a mare with a foal okay. and, and all the shots. I'm going to have to go And my look. hair was straight. Okay. was strained it
0: that day. Because the one that I remember, because I was actually looking back at old pictures of you because I was looking for something to print up to have you sign mm-hmm. for um, my patrons. And I came across the set that we did were you in like that le- uh, leopard, like a uh, waist cincher corset yeah.
1: thing? That was the first time she su- shot me at the studio. So she shot that. She, you were there, but I think she she shot that thought, one.
0: Fuck, man, my fucking memory's going because
1: I totally thought I shot that,
0: and I remember thinking at the time it was so great. And then I look back at it and now, I'm like, what did we do to her hair?
1: Yes, I was like, <laughs> I hate this. I yeah, like, I think I called Brad. And he was like, don't say anything.
0: Yeah, I think I remember you hating it, and I thought it looked so great. And I'm looking at it now, I'm like, that looks terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry, you were right. <laughs> you have to say it again. <laughs> you were right, Stormy, I'm sorry. So um actually this brings up something. I brought you a present. Uh-oh. That I don't know if you're gonna want or not. But Uh-oh. if you don't want it, uh we can um give it to somebody else. But I it's not a picture of
1: me with that hair, is it?
0: No. <laughs> okay. Do you remember <gasps> this? That's shoot? my favorite one. I know. I yes. love this too. So this has been hanging in her office forever, and then my mom, you know, they retired, oh, yeah. so they um, redid the office, and they rent out for Airbnb stuff, so she had to take all of her pictures down. So do you want it? Yes. She, I had to and find she the back of it. Because I just had lunch with her right before I came here.
1: Oh my God, I love it.
0: So there you go, that's Thank for you. Yo. On, I'm
1: gonna press it over here. That was one of my favorite, because you know what I loved about that one. Mm. That's the first time that I met Emma. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Emma is such an amazing makeup artist. I love that shoot. I see that um, that little caravan. Um, mm-hmm. It's from Omega Props in Hollywood, and sometimes when I go in there, that's like kind of on display right around the front counter. I'm always like, F-. I've always like wanted another reason to bring that back out. because yeah. we shot your girl, girl with Sophia Santi that day too, right? Yeah, and
1: it was before she was Sophia Santi. Her yeah. name was Natalia Cruz.
0: Yes, yes, and it was then. like a gypsy look, yeah. and oh my god, that was so cool.
1: But you did a solo set of me too, and that yeah. actually went to Hustler.
0: Yes, yeah, the
1: one of me by myself. Yeah, and then that, she came later, and we did a girl, girl.
0: Yeah, no, that was really great, and got like the smoke machine in behind. And fuck, man, those were the days.
1: I wish I was as fat. I was, you know, I wish I, the first time I thought I was fat. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean. Like I wish I was like as fat as I was then. Like, yeah, that would be awesome. Because <laughs> now, because totally I'm looking thing. at this, I'm like, oh my god, I was so hot <gasps> I and thin, the same thing. and now I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think the same thing because I remember like thinking I was fat when I was twenty, and I'm like, I wish it was as fat as I was back then because, fuck, man, I don't know, fucking. So, okay, so you now are with Digital Playground.
1: I am. I'm contract director for Digital Playground and contract performer for browsers.
0: Okay, so you are performing again. Yes. Have you not performed for a little while, or Uh, because you were putting yourself in your own movies?
1: I've written and directed all of my own movies for like the last 10 years. Right. Because I'm a control freak. Right. Or is it because if you want something done right, you do it yourself? A little bit above. Or is it because I wanted to get paid double for the day? (laughs) (laughs) The correct answer is D, all of the above. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, yes, I am. And... uh, I'm only at this point only doing two scenes Mm -hmm. with the option to do more as many as I want. So they've been really cool about it. As a performer. As a performer. Right. And I did perform last year, Uh but like, um, you know, that's the other thing is people thought I retired or whatever. I definitely had slowed down, and part of that was because I'm you know, getting older and I want mm-hmm. it to look as good, you know. So if it yeah. wasn't something that I really wanted to do, mm-hmm. I didn't do it. But the mm-hmm. main reason is because I was focusing so much on directing. Mm-hmm. Because I was directing 10 full features a year for mm-hmm. Wicket, five for Wicked Pictures and five for the Passion series, and writing all of those scripts, and sometimes writing for the other directors. And the writing takes a lot of out of you and it takes a long time. So it was just as a natural progression as I did less. As a performer, I did more as a director, and right. I had the. I mean, of course, I'm not going to perform forever, so it was like a just a natural progression. But it was right. never. I never was like I quit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I did a big movie last March called Unbridled.
0: Yeah, I remember you had everybody come out to Texas. Yes. to shoot it.
1: And then, so if I was going to do another movie as a performer, it would have been a couple months later. But I got bucked off my horse and broke. I sprained my pelvis, which is a really funny story. But I also fractured my back. So. I couldn't perform, Yeah, you know what I mean? And I fell in July, and I was in a wheelchair for a little while and, like, directing on crutches, so I physically couldn't perform. And, you know, it wasn't ever, like, a on purpose thing.
0: I remember when it happened actually because your two dads would okay. have constantly tell me how worried they were about you.
1: Oh yes, the yeah. dads.
0: They bring it up all the time. They'd be like, Stormy's, like every time I saw him I'd be like, Stormy's doing better, Stormy this, Stormy that. Right. You're
1: like their kid, it's so cute. Uh, but what's funny is he, he, um, Took off, it was a, and it was a, per, like you used to ride, so mm-hmm. like I had no idea that I was gonna come off. Like mm-hmm. it was the perfect approach. The jumps weren't even high yet. We were still warming up. He got the perfect spot, took off perfect. Everything went great. He landed and, and like in the air, he spooked mm-hmm. and bucked. And um, bucked like sideways, in like the what air. they do. Yeah. And so I knew I was coming off. Yeah. And they teach you, let go. Yeah. Like, you don't want to hang on and get yeah, dragged. Yeah. And it was a literally, it, he would have landed, and it was a one stride to another jump. And mm-hmm. I was definitely going to come off and hit that other jump. So I abandoned ship. I yeah. let go. And I remember going, oh, God, I'm going to fall. I haven't fallen in five years. Yeah. And I just let go. But as I let go and he hit the ground, he bucked a second time. <gasps> and he catapulted me. Oh and I went God. 15 feet in the air. And I went up so high, I remember looking around going, oh, fuck, I'm really high. <laughs> <laughs> and looking down and making eye contact with my trainer, who's like six, foot something yeah, and I was still way over him and going oh fuck this is going to hurt way more than I thought and I hit the ground and it sounded like a gunshot it was this loud clap and he I mean I thought it was my back like it, mm-hmm. I landed kind of on my uh left butt cheek slash hip area right. and I thought I broke you know and but I didn't hit my head or anything and I couldn't stand up and my it was the scariest feeling because yes it really really hurt mm-hmm. but the scariest thing was my leg didn't work mm. like it didn't work yeah it wouldn't do like I couldn't stand up I couldn't whatever oh my God, and so they're that's all so like, terrifying they're all like you broke your pelvis you broke like you definitely like I have two other friends that were there who had similar injuries and their mm-hmm. pelvises were broke because I could crawl I could do they were asking me questions and they're like oh yeah this that you definitely broke your pelvis they had to carry me went to the hospital you know had the the. Uh, X ray and the CAT scan and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it took fucking forever that day. And I'm laying there and like, I couldn't even like spread my legs to like lick, put one leg off the bed to go to mm-hmm. the bathroom. Like, my body wouldn't work and it was horrible. Oh so God. they finally come in and I was like, let me guess, my pelvis is broken. And even the nurse thought my pelvis was broken. And mm-hmm. the doctor comes in and he's got the little, the little, bones, you know, the little mm-hmm. model yeah, yeah. of the pelvis that he's got. I'm like, oh yeah, it's definitely broken. So he comes in and he's like, well, we got your x-rays and I actually sent them out for a second opinion. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to surgery. Like I'm crippled for mm-hmm. life and how am I going to feed my kids? How am I going <laughs> to feed my horses? Like I'm going to, you know, all this stuff. And, yeah. and I was like, let me guess, I broke my pelvis. And he goes, no, actually you didn't. And I was like, well, how is that possible? Like blah, blah, blah. And my friends had this injury and mm-hmm. he was like, do your friends have kids? And I was like, No. He goes, it's very hard if you've given birth to break your pelvis from a side impact, unless you're in like a car where you get crushed, from a side impact because of the hormone that lets your hips move when you give birth. It never fully leaves your body. Oh, okay. So he showed me the little diagram or whatever, and he said, so basically you sprained your pelvis, Okay. and that was the bones. And I was like, oh, my vagina slams shut? (laughs) 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 And he was like... Yes. (laughs) Uh yes. <laughs> and you know, Glenn is sitting there and and I just thought this was the funniest thing I've ever heard. So I start cracking up. He sees no amusement in this whatsoever. Right. Because I'm like, oh my, my vagina slammed shut. And the doctor doesn't know who I am, like he didn't recognize me right. or anything. And he's like, Okay, what's wrong with her? She told me she didn't hit her head. And I'm like, you don't understand the irony of this. My vagina slammed shut. Like and he was like, mm, yeah, mom. <laughs> he, he's like, so I'll get you what you need and give you a prescription or whatever, and walk out. And as soon as he's out, you know, my husband's like, really, <laughs> really. And I'm like, you don't think it's funny? Goes, Not at all. <laughs> I was like, but yeah, like so. My pelvis, and it was. It took the longest time to heal because the ligaments were mm. torn and like your.
0: Would it have been a so, shorter time to heal if, if you'd it broken cold. it? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: I've heard like sprains can be worse than breaks. Yeah, I <sighs> felt like someone punched me in the pussy. Oh my god, it was awful to the point where when they told me I had a, I did have a small compression fracture up pretty high, like mm-hmm. where my bra strap is. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, it didn't even hurt. He said it could take like two weeks for that to heal. Just don't twist. Right. But the pelvis was pretty brutal. Wow. Yeah. That's... It just stopped clicking probably within the last month.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah. Ugh. But, you know, it actually hurt less to ride than it did to walk for a while. So, of course, I was back on the horse like three weeks later. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy like your mom.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> I think that's probably why you guys get along so well. Um, so, so you are, are you performing in any of the movies that you'll be directing for digital? Or are you only performing those two scenes for browsers? No, I'm
1: doing one scene for browsers. Okay. Um, the
0: did t- you shoot that yesterday? No. Okay.
1: Uh, Actually, I didn't, but a lot of people think I did. Yeah, but uh, I shot promo pictures yesterday. Okay, because they 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 wanted to have pictures and for press releases because they haven't made the actual announcement yet. Yeah. So we did photos yesterday, but because it was on Kieran's set, Mm -hmm. people were thinking, and you know, he's not correcting anyone.
0: Of course not. (laughs) So
1: it's like whatever. But I I am coming back in three weeks and I am doing a scene with Kieran Mm -hmm. for browsers, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the second one. I think is going to be for digital, and of course they they just wanted to have something of me as a performer, mm-hmm. of course, and I yeah. want something current as well, so right. it's fine. But they're like, if you want to do more for your stuff, or you want to write, do a, a write something for digital that is for you or around you, we would really like that. Yeah, but it's it's up to me, and so I'll just see.
0: So how does your because so I've um, I've directed a couple of feature movies, and I've found that I don't know. I wish that my heart was more in it. I don't feel like I'm usually that committed to the material as I could be. So, I've thought to myself that like I should really try to write something. But I just I don't know, it's like I can't even start. I don't really? know like where to begin. I like don't know. I think I'm like intimidated to even take that first step. But I feel like if I wrote my own script, I would like I would love shooting my movie more cuz it would be mine.
1: You will love it and hate it. Yeah. Because the changes and the things that don't work out the way You'll that take you,
0: personally you'll because imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so how does your process work? like how do you come up with script ideas?
1: Um, I get and that's going to be the hardest thing about working for digital mm-hmm. is the the movie that I'm directing the first couple of days of April they gave me the script mm. and I've never directed something that I didn't write. I've directed a hundred and something movies and I've yeah. never not written the script. yeah that being said, I was pleasantly surprised that I really liked it mm-hmm. um, because I was pretty good. It's not going to be as good whatever I'd write I'm yeah,
0: ready. they probably whatever, whatever gave you their best writer.
1: Um, so it was good, and I made a couple little tweaks. Um, that would basically were for production reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like where I get inspiration, uh, all my friends know that they're not safe. Like <laughs> if somebody has something really funny, really horrible, or like really embarrassing happen to them, they'll actually stop and go, "Oh fuck, I'm in a script now." Aren't I? I'm i like, "Yes, you are." <laughs> and uh, and then like sometimes I just get like. Song like a line in a song, I'll base a whole movie around it. Um, there's a movie that I did called Bound, Mm -hmm. and I got the whole idea from the script based off a line in an Eagle song where it says, Every refuge has its price. And it's a story about this girl, and she marries this really rich older guy, but Mm -hmm. then he gets sick and she's like stuck with him Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And the whole thing was just based on that one, like, Wow, yeah, so I get it from all over. But yeah, no one is safe. (laughs) No one is safe. And my first several movies that I directed, Mm -hmm. all the girls I killed were named after girls that were mean to me in high school. (laughs) It was very cathartic.
0: That's hilarious. (laughs) How long does it take you to write a script normally? Like a
1: day or two. Really? Yeah, because I have to sit down and get it all out. Okay. It's like a purge. If I stop and... Don't come back like within like only a couple hours. Right. I lose it. I yeah. don't remember where I was going. Yeah, and I I write a handwrite everything first. Really, I have like a stack of notebooks. That's like ridiculous. I handwrite everything first, uh-huh. and then um, and it's weird to like look at it later and see how my handwriting changed from paragraph to paragraph. Mm-hmm. It's like it's almost like I'm possessed, and it just yeah. like pours out of me. And I'm more exhausted after writing a script. Than anything. Like, I sit on the couch, on the corner of the couch, and I sit sideways, and there's like an indention. And by the time I'm done, I smell terrible. (laughs) And there's like food wrappers and Starbucks cups, and my husband (laughs) knows to just slide me food and back away and just let me be, and then I'll be done. Like, some of the bigger ones took a little longer. Like, Want want It took a little bit longer. um, And like Operation Desert Stormy and Tropical Stormy. Mm -hmm. But I think I did those in like three or four days. And they were like 80 pages.
0: Well, I mean, writing, I find is. I mean, this is another reason I haven't got back into writing because I used to write a lot. Is it, it is very like it's all consuming because when you're cre- like for me, the you know my day to day job, like it's a collaboration between me and the makeup artist and the model and the location. Like, there's all these different factors and all these different people coming together to help make a final product. But with writing, it's literally you in the paper. I like, it like it's that. all you. <laughs> yeah, and that and that is kind of intimidating. And I think that that's what like. Me back a little bit, I don't
1: know. So you must be more of a people person than I am, because I'm the opposite. Yeah, I guess I'm like so. Gollum with my legs. <laughs> you know, like, my breath. I can do whatever I want, and you all have to do it.
0: Like you know, like yeah. How is so? How did you get into that? Like, what was the first movie that you directed? And do okay, you so remember?
1: This, I do, because it's very funny. So I. Have always been a writer. Mm-hmm. Like in high school, I write funny little short stories that start starred my friends. I wrote for the high school paper. I was editor of the paper. So I've always creative writing was always my favorite class. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could write. Mm-hmm. When I got into the business and I got signed with Wicket, I was dating Brad Armstrong, and he's a fantastic writer. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he enjoys it very much. <laughs> and I just remember like he was on the bed and he's working and like. Was frustrated, and I guess maybe he had writer's block or whatever. And I said, I can write you a script. And he laughed at me. And that was his first mistake because he was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Looking back, I understand why because now I've gotten like so many of the most horrible scripts in the mail from people who said they could write scripts. Oh, I'm sure. So I shouldn't have taken it personally, but in the moment, I was super fucking offended. Yeah. So (laughs) I took my laptop and I went in the other room and I wrote a script and I gave it to him and he loved it. And was like, I'll buy it from you. And I was like, You're gonna give me money? Cool. And he bought the script from me. And mm-hmm. then he was kind of like, Can you do it again? <laughs> you know. And so I wrote a lot of his scripts that year. Right. And they like immediately added writing to my contract because mm-hmm. a couple of writers, uh, directors from other companies came at me and was like, I heard you wrote this. Can you write for me? And he mm-hmm. was like, Mm-mm. Yeah. So they added writing. And I don't know if there's ever been another contract writer. yeah I don't know so I was a a contract star and then a contract writer Mm -hmm. and that went on for like six or seven months and I was I wrote many scripts for Michael Raven Brad Armstrong Jonathan Morgan but uh, a lot of them I wrote for myself so I was the star and I'd be on set and they were all fantastic directors Mm -hmm. they're all super talented Uh, Michael Raven was always my favorite like he's got this incredible vision. Mm-hmm. And but it doesn't matter how great that director is when they take what you wrote it's still going to be their interpretation of what you wrote. It's not right, it's not wrong, it's just different. Right. And it, I have a photographic memory. So when I'm writing my movies, they play in my head. Right. So it made me really upset. Yeah. I would be like it became a running joke with the crew that I would like almost tantrum and be like you're ruining my vision though. Like it was supposed to be from like this angle and then, like whatever. So, one of them, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Jonathan, actually, was like, Why don't you try directing a few, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Hmm, maybe I will. And it had never occurred to me to be a director. It never entered my realm of possibilities. But back then, everyone was making a ton of money. There was Mm -hmm. no piracy. Wicked Mm -hmm. had money to set on fire if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I just remember going into Steve, and I'd only been there for, I'd only been in the adult business for a year. Mm -hmm. And I walked in there and like basically bluffed my way into letting him letting him let him letting me shoot a movie Right, I had no fucking idea what I was doing but he said yes somehow and I didn't know what I was doing I remember sitting there and Jake Jacobs was my cameraman he's Mm -hmm. been my cameraman since my first shoot he still works for me Uh, I remember going like okay I got everything set we're sitting there and and the very first shot of the day I was like leaned over and I was like when do I say rolling in action (laughs) and he's like okay now you say roll Now, call action. Now you say (laughs) speeding. You know, it was really cute. But I never thought I could direct because I am the kind of person that would not do public speaking. Right. I would take a zero on an oral book report.
0: Wow. Instead
1: of standing up in front of the class. Wow. Like, if you asked anyone from my high school, could you imagine me being in charge and telling people what to do? They'd be like, no. Yeah. She'd write the scripts. That's not a surprise. Yeah. But that was, and I just remember the first day of that first shoot, halfway through the day, I'm standing at the top of this staircase and I'm directing like um, a party scene. And so we had a bunch of extras because, mm-hmm. you know, go big or go home. Like, right, let's, right, right. Let's not make this easy. Yeah. And I was there, everyone's looking up at me and they're like, which angle do you want to shoot this at? And um, will the light be in the shot here? And like, you know, and I'm like, okay, on action, you count to 10 and walk to here and then you're going to like, so I'm directing and mm-hmm. I was like, I had this like epiphany mm-hmm. and A lot of people go through their whole life without having this moment where I was like, This is what I'm meant to do. And then I was, and then in the back of my mind, I was like, And I am the puppet master. (laughs) Like like it immediately went to my head. Yeah. And I was like, This is like being God. (laughs) You bend over. Oh my God, they did it. You know what I mean? Like, this is amazing. And it just like, I was in love instantly and mm-hmm. I went in to Steve and he was like, you know, the owner of Rick and He was like, well, how did it go? And I was like, oh my God, it was the best thing ever. And can I do another? He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's see how this one turned out. Right. So I had to wait like three months because it has to go through editing and yeah. stuff. And I was under contract for directing within three months. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah,
0: That's so great. Yeah, I find, um, I think it's funny because I had a meeting right before I came to this podcast, and um, w- the one of the women in the meeting were asking me about like why there weren't women more women behind the camera in the adult industry. I'm like, actually, there's definitely like that's changing. And <laughs> your name was the first one on the tip of my tongue. Like, well, Stormy Daniels has been directing for a long time, and you've won multiple awards, and I mean, all of your movies have done really well. So it's just a it's just really great to see that you can show that like, you can go from being in front of the camera to behind the camera. And I think that in a way that also gives you an advantage that not everybody else has yes. because you know what it's like to be in front of the camera. I
1: also know when you're lying. <laughs> like, your excuse is not going to work on me. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Are you pretty, like, tough on set, you think? Like, have you ever had Asa on your podcast? I have, actually. <laughs> and you know what, though? I did listen to a little bit of her podcast with you, and she was talking about all the tricks that you were playing on her. <laughs> You guys sound like you have so much fun on set. I'm always like, I feel like whenever I'm working, I'm just focused on the next thing, getting out of there as soon as possible because, you know, we're being charged by the hour. Right. And I like, and I was listening to you guys talk. I'm like, I never have fun on set. I don't come up with tricks to play on people. I'm bored. <laughs> She's really yeah. the only one I
1: torture. So if you ask her if I'm mean, she'll tell you yes. But I'm not mean because. I do a lot of pre-production. Mm-hmm. Like I plan everything and I also plan a backup. Like this is my plan A, this is my this is my vision. Mm-hmm. But if this doesn't work then we'll try this and this and I'm really good about th- like thinking on the fly mm-hmm. if, if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm like and i always like i said when i'm writing the script it's playing in my head mm-hmm. so when i get there i already know what camera angle i want right like no we might have long hours but none of it is wasted right like the crew have i mean there's a reason why i have the same crew for the last decade
0: i totally agree with you i see so many people recycle through crew members mm-hmm. and same like my main guy has been with me for over 10 years. Like yeah. it's cuz then they know you and they start yes. to anticipate what you want yep. and just the the communication on set is like and just things move way faster. Right. And
1: I'm very committed to when I make my shoot schedules, I always try to shoot people out. Mm-hmm. Like I don't make people wait around. Like I spend a That's the hardest part about my job is mm. to break down the script and make oh it. Oh my god. Like and my shoot schedules, I'm going to brag, are really fucking awesome. Like I get compliments all the time, like, oh my God, like you got all this done. Yeah. You shot forty two pages of dialogue and five sex scenes in two days and we're out on time and the movie looks good. Well it's because I obsess before mm-hmm. I even get there. Yeah. So when I get there, I'm so I've already, in my mind I've already shot this movie twenty times. So let's just do right. this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I've heard my crew I I mean, I would be nothing without them. So right. I never think of myself as being better than them or above mm-hmm. them and I won't name other directors by name but we all know who I'm talking about yeah like I don't go have sushi or steak and buy the crew a pizza yeah like we're in this together yes and when we shoot on location I don't stay at the Ritz while they stay at motel six right like I also share a room yeah like we're there together we're in it together I like I don't leave set I'm the first one there and the last one out same I'm in it you know, with them, and they respect me, and they will literally do anything for me.
0: Yeah, it makes a huge difference. I agree with you, because a bunch of, like, my two main assistants only um, work in mainstream. They don't do any adult. They only work for me in adult, and the only reason they work for me is because they love working for me. Right. But, like, otherwise, they would rather not work in porn. But Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. The way that you treat your crew and the people who work for you is everything, because they're the... I mean, you know, we don't just like wave a magic wand and everything's fucking right. perfect. It's like it takes a lot of really talented people coming yeah. together to create a good product. I mean, sometimes I like to think that some one of my strengths isn't necessarily that I'm a great like photographer. I think it's more like I'm a better like producer. Like I know the right people to bring it in together. to put it together because I can't do it by myself. Right. You know?
1: I mean, I can't I can tell you like I am good at what I do and I plan the best I can and I obsess over it, but everyone makes mistakes. And I can, yes. my cameraman has caught a continuity thing before and totally saved my ass before. Yeah. You know what I mean? my art directors are incredible. They don't work for anyone else, an adult, anymore except me because mm-hmm. they don't need to. Yeah. But they're awesome. Like I can't make anything. And yeah. Andy and Kylie are amazing. Yeah. They, you know what I mean? But, If I, you know, I always cut people loose early if I don't make people wait around.
0: Yeah, same. Like, because there's a lot of directors that will have everybody come at 8 a.m. when, like people don't need to be there till like six. And I'm right. always like, why do you do that? And, and a lot of them do because and they, they do. don't
1: take the time to plan out the day yes. when they need someone. And that's really dumb. One, but it's disrespectful, first yes. of all. Like why waste someone's time? They could have run some errands and gone grocery shopping. Yeah, And then they're more grateful when they show up. Yeah. Plus, if you have talent there too early, by the time you shoot them, they're burnt out. They're yeah. tired.
0: Exactly. And I don't like a bunch of people just lounging around on set looking bored. Because it gives me anxiety.
1: It makes me sleepy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, breaking down the scripts is like the hardest thing. Because sure. when we, when I would shoot the last couple of movies I shot for digital, I had a great assistant who was like, I don't know how she did it, but she was so good at it. And I'm terrible at it because I'll look at the script and it just all swims together. I'm like, I can't fucking. And she'll break it down so that like... Yeah. You know, we don't have to do that many changes, and you know, we don't p- bring people in for the least amount of time possible. Have them spend the least amount of time on set, and right. it's a lot.
1: But we don't even have a real job. Come on, it's just, <laughs> you know.
0: I know, right? It oh, makes me so mad. Oh, I bet.
1: Oh wait, how hard you direct porn? How hard is that? You just hold a camera and go one, two, three, fuck. <laughs>
0: I'll kill you. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And it's funny too because you know in in porn because of like lowered budgets and everything like that we've been forced to take on many different jobs. Right. You know, I mean like we do like one person does multiple things. Yes. Whereas in mainstream you have someone who's just a gaffer, someone who's just a cameraman, someone who's just a DP, someone who's just yeah. a director. You won't
1: ever hear anybody on Adult Psycho, I can't move that cable. Yeah, it's exactly. It's against my union rule. Yeah, I know, you right? Know what I mean, like, we all just get in there and we do it and we're a family and it's great. Yeah. You know, and I actually, when I left Wicket last month and was negotiating my deal, that was one. That was my hill to die on. Mm-hmm. Like, I made them agree, I have it in writing that I could bring my crew.
0: Yeah. That's I think the most important thing. Absolutely. What do you think is the best movie that you've made so uh, far? Wanted. Wanted. That was your favorite. You won yeah. a lot of awards for that, right?
1: Yeah, and it took me 8 years to get that movie made. Wow. I always wanted to shoot a western. Like I poured everything in it. It's also the most expensive movie I yeah, ever shot. Yeah,
0: period pieces are so expensive. And it was
1: it almost killed all of us. Like, oh my god. It was everything horrible that could happen on a set happened. Like we had a camera literally explode. Um my horse died. Not on set. I remember, not on set. I remember. Unrelated to the shoot. That was during the floods, right? Yes. Oh god. I had a horse drowned back home and I couldn't leave because unlike a regular movie where I could go, "Oh, fuck this, we'll come back in a week and do a pickup." Yeah. Everything was rented because it was yeah. guns and period pieces and hor- like you couldn't. I had a one day that was a $20,000 location. Jesus. Like you can't reschedule. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um let's see, it was 115 degrees in the desert and we're wearing period costumes. Oh my God. Um, let's see, there was a fire that burned <laughs> down a set. Um, Andy and Kylie, their truck went off of a ravine and they almost died. Um, we had people get stitches. 17 people cried, which is my record on set. <laughs> um, Was one of them you? The last one was me. I was totally cool. It's not a good movie until you've cried. It's the only time I've ever cried on set unless it was in the script. Right. Um, And I was totally fine until the very last day. The very last thing that we shot was like a half, not even a half day. It was a quarter of a day. And if you've ever seen the movie, it's the galloping shots of me and Brendan Miller on the horses. Okay. And it's just me and him because we could actually really ride. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 the last shot in the movie. It's when we ride off together Mm and we did this big galloping shot. And the only crew there were Jake and Andre and they're in the back of a truck and we're driving. And we went out into the desert and we actually like galloped and they drove along. Mm -hmm. We did these huge sweeping cool shots. Mm -hmm. And um, we wrapped and I finally called wrap. And I looked over at my cameraman, Jake, and he started crying. And when he started crying, I lost my shit. Then you lost it. I was like, what? (laughs)
0: <laughs> and he's like you're so amazing and, and
1: oh, i'm so proud of you and I, that that's it was his happy tears that got oh, okay. me okay yeah it was All his right. happy tears it like totally did me in but yeah. it was an, and your mom saved my ass because we had so many problems on the one day oh yeah you came and you filmed at the pool yeah, i because, remember that cuz speaking of my 20,000 dollars day location yeah. the first girl that morning no showed and she was one of the main girls the wardrobe was bought for her Fuck you, Tiffany Tyler. And oh she, she. Some and I talked to her at 10 o'clock at night. And she, I needed her because the four main girls, I was one of them. Um, it was supposed to be me, Tiffany, Amber Rain, and Annika. Mm-hmm. And I taught Annika how to ride because she had like a feel for it and whatever. Mm-hmm. And she had to ride the least. Mm-hmm. But the other three of us really had to be able to ride. And mm-hmm. we all three own horses in real life. Mm-hmm. So it kind of had to be this girl. right? And I talked to her at 10 o'clock at night. And she was supposed to be first up. And... Sometime between ten a.m. and five—I mean, ten p.m. and five a.m. She found Jesus. What? She? Yeah. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" She found Jesus. Yep. She quit the business. And Not was, a bag of coke. Maybe he was in the coke. I don't. I don't know what happened. <laughs>
0: I'm like. I feel like that makes a lot more sense. Like, who finds Jesus between ten p.m. and five a.m.? I feel like you're much more likely to find a bag of coke. Yeah. Um, whatever.
1: Like whatever. <laughs> she like. We had to scramble, and no one's answering their phone at 6 o'clock in the morning. Of course not. Like, and I'm like, who rides? Who rides? like, Julie and, and I don't have a test, and this one and that one. And Allie Hayes was like, I don't ride, but I'll do it. I'm not scared. And I knew she had the personality to yeah. do it, and she drove from Vegas that morning, and we spent two hours with me teaching her how to ride. Wow. So we were already late in the schedule. Right. And there's this big pond scene, and it was supposed to be a three-way girl, girl, girl scene. And right. when I scouted the location... I had waded out into the water Mm -hmm. to see how deep it was, is the bottom safe? Like you know, Mm -hmm. it was freezing when I checked it because I was there at the beginning of May. Mm -hmm. But it was like waist deep, and they had these beautiful reeds with flowers. And I knew the sun was going to be setting, and it was going to be this beautiful golden hour. We're Mm going to fly the jib over the water, and it was my vision, and it was gorgeous. Right, and so and it was going to be perfect. And sure enough, we got there that day, and it was beautiful. And press was there. Like, it was packed with press. And I'd already had, like, a, I'm going to kill this Tiffany. Like, it had already, like, started off rough. And I'm teaching Allie how to, I mean, it was just a shit show. And so it came time to do the girl-girl scene. And it's like, we got to go. We're going to lose. It's going to be perfect, and blah, blah, blah. And so they go out into the water. And Annika and Allie are supposed to be washing each other. And I'm sitting on the bank, and we're talking. And then Uh they, like, convince me to come in for the scene. And so as they're doing that, they're like, start squirming around, and I was like, what's going on? Long story short, they were not there in May because the water was too cold. Oh, no. But come June, oh, no. the end of June when it's 100 degrees outside. Oh, no. Leeches? On their buttholes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they come out of the water, and they're like, I have a oh, leech my God. on my vagina. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> It was What the fuck? It was horrible.
0: Wait, on her butthole for real? Yeah,
1: Annika had a leech on her butthole. Oh, my God. And you know what? What? They were cool. (laughs) They didn't try to kill me. They were like, do we have to go back in the water? And I'm like, is that an option? And they were like. (laughs) We got you, girl. Whatever you need. I was like, well, I'm not going in that water. Yeah. (laughs) So, no, we're not. We're going to figure something else out. But we also had to, we had another thing that also had to be shot there, and that was the Indian village with, like, the teepees and stuff. Right. Like, you know, these props were... I couldn't come back. right? So I was like, we'll pick up the girl, girl, I'll figure it out. Like I didn't know what to do. We shot, you know, we went over and shot the rest of the stuff, which was, it all came out amazing. And everything edited is beautiful. But I was like, where am I going to do this girl, girl scene? And now I'm horribly over budget. And I was like, Sue's. Has a pool that we can probably cheat because we still have the ride-up shots to yeah. the water there, and I'll just keep the shots tighter. And yeah. if you watch the movie, you can't tell.
0: Yeah, and it was—it's a rustic-looking pool. So yeah,
1: and we dressed it out and kept the sights you know, and shot it yeah. at the right time. And we came, and your mom was like super cool because she doesn't normally let other productions shoot yeah. big-budget features and sex and stuff. Yeah, there. But, I mean, you know, for you, like, for you, of you. course, she would do it. And I was like, I need you to do this for me. And all said and done with all the disasters that happened and Jesus. everyone almost dying. Guess what I made for that movie? What? (laughs) Like $600 because I put so much of my own money in. (laughs) And I did three sex scenes, wrote it, and directed it. Oh, my God. So you can imagine like I actually should have gotten a bunch and I just kept putting my money back in. And it was like, oh, for $1,200 more, we can have that? And it's going to be amazing. I just couldn't help myself. Yeah. I went a little crazy. But
0: I mean, it's the movie that you're the most proud of.
1: Oh, for sure. And it won a bunch of awards yeah. and got a bunch of mainstream press and the music video from it and all that stuff. Yeah. So it was worth it. But it's
0: I mean, that's what sometimes you gotta do when you really care about your craft and yeah. Your career. But I think that also, you know, explains why you've done so well is because you put so much of like your personal self into it. Yeah. You know, as opposed to you just show up, direct something, take a paycheck and go home and you don't think about it. Right. So I mean Um, So, okay, so you've been in the industry for a while. What would be your advice that you would give to a new girl coming in the industry?
1: Um, A couple of things. One, before you ever utter your name to anyone, trademark it and get all your social media Mm. and your web, your domain names because someone will steal it and try to sell it back to you for a ridiculous amount of money because people suck. Yeah. Um, have a really good lawyer. Don't sign anything ever without having an attorney look at it. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to say no. And make sure this is what you really want to do because the person that you want to find out about it the least is going to be the one that finds <laughs> out about it.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that's all pretty solid. I mean, that seems to be like... I mean, pretty much every girl that I've talked to has been like, just expect... Like expect the worst because I've definitely talked to girls who've been like, oh no, my parents aren't going to find out they don't like to watch <laughs> porn. I'm like, That's yes, adorable. they will because somebody else will see it and tell them. It'll like right. it'll get. I mean, especially with the internet now, yeah, it's
1: everywhere. Exactly, you can't get away from it. And people suck and they like to get other people in trouble.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, have you noticed? Uh, so, like. You have you gotten like a bigger social media following since this whole story broke?
1: Oh, of course.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that you're cuz I follow you on Twitter. I, and I notice you've kept quiet about a lot of things, which is understandable, but I've just noticed that like you have a lot of new fans. Yeah. The only fans thing that's like all I ever see on your timeline, I'm like, well,
1: she's doing well. I think they think I'm saying stuff over there that I'm not, even though I'm not leading anyone to believe it. And I will I will say I haven't lied about anything. I haven't misled anyone. Like there's a common misconception that I like leaked this and it was like it wasn't me and eventually like hopefully I'll be able to tell my side just for not for any sort of gain other than I want to be able to defend myself that's the worst part is at this moment I can't defend myself
0: that's got to be incredibly frustrating it's incredibly
1: frustrating especially for someone like me yeah who. Is you know has no problem usually defending yes, herself. Yes, you know
0: you aren't someone to keep your mouth shut about stuff. No,
1: my name is Stormy for a reason.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, how was the Jimmy Kimmel Show?
1: It was awesome. Yeah, like that's the other thing that was really frustrating because a lot of people. Um, I mean, yeah, I was put on the spot, but that's his job.
0: Yeah. And were you kind of expect you were probably expecting that. Yeah. And that he was, was gonna try of course, to get you to say something. Of course. That's
1: his job. Yeah. And and he and I knew that beforehand, and nothing like the puppets I knew about because mm-hmm. we filmed the other thing earlier and they came to me and asked me if I was okay with it. And I thought mm-hmm. it was hilarious. Yeah. You know, so a lot of it I kind of knew mm-hmm. and we would he would be talking to me and then we would like take a break or whatever, and he would be like, I'm so sorry, but you're doing awesome. Just keep being mean to me. Like you know what I mean? Like he was like, I can't believe I can't catch you. Like he was kind of impressed or whatever. But I will say this about him. Um, He asked me a couple of questions that obviously the live audience heard. Mm -hmm. But when we cut, he looked at me and was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I forgot that you're not a mainstream celebrity. Mainstream celebrities love talking about their kids, and he had asked me a couple of questions mm-hmm. that I wasn't really comfortable answering mm-hmm. because it was like her name and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Do you want me to edit those out?" And I said, "Can you?" And He's like, "Done." He immediately called the producer. He was like, "Cut those questions." They, oh, that's really yeah. sweet. Yeah,
0: because you find usually when you go and do mainstream press, they always try to find some angle right. and try to edit it in a way that makes you sound like right. you said things you didn't say.
1: Right. I think because he's a dad and all the yeah. stuff with his son, like he. Was like I'll I'll take it out. It, it doesn't help his story at all anyway. And so mm-hmm. he was like I'm, I'll just take it out. Yeah, that's And he, really and nice. he did. It was really cool of him to do that. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. What? a So okay. So what's coming up now? Um. I know that you're you're directing this one movie for digital. Right. Right. That you didn't write. So it's mm-hmm. gonna be your first script that you didn't write. But are you writing something for
1: them right now? Um. Not right now. I've been so busy that. And I'm just, Why? Nothing
0: else has been going I on know, in your right? life. I don't know why you keep saying you're busy. busy.
1: I know, I have nothing on. What are you busy on. doing? Well, you know I have to take my sad ass on this uh, <laughs> this pathetic strip club tour. Because, you know, I've never danced before. <gasps> so I'm well, trying to learn how to dance. Well, I'm, I'll, I'm I'll, joking I'll do, if anybody didn't hear the beginning.
0: I'll do your laundry for you. Oh, yeah. Because I don't want you to have to take time, uh, you know, yeah. out of to do your Those own own laundry. Those strip club washing
1: machines <laughs> aren't so great. You know, they take a lot of quarters. Fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, That's like my favorite thing ever. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Stormy. I really appreciate it. I know you're very busy. Busy. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I appreciate you taking the time. Can you tell everyone where they can find you on social media and if you have a website yes. and anything else that you want to
1: plug? Um, of course. Uh, my Twitter is Stormy Daniels. Mm-hmm. My Instagram is the Stormy Daniels. Uh, with that being said, I will not ask you for money or gift cards, and and I will not promise to meet you in a hotel room for one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> so don't take any money. Don't give anyone any money. It's not me because it's happened a couple times. Yeah. Um. And then if you want to see any of the movies we've talked about today, Mm -hmm. wicketpictures.com, obviously, and to see all my new stuff, it'll be on Digital Playground and browsers when they are released. Yeah, and
0: then you actually, where'd I put them? You brought me movies. Oh, can you hand me those, Ernie? So uh, Stormy brought some DVDs that she signed for my patrons, so we've
1: unbridled... Yes. This is the one that you
0: shot in Texas? Yes. About horseback riding. That is so about awesome. about inventing. Yeah. Oh my god. It's like the
1: porno Sylvester. <laughs> uh, dirty Deeds. Which is a really funny comedy. And Vendetta. Which has my one and only anal scene in it.
0: <gasps> oh maybe I have to keep this for myself. <laughs> <laughs> An anal not by a not by a leech. Right. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Stormy. And um, for everybody else, you can find me at Holly Randall on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash Unfiltered, Or you can go to the iTunes directory and give me five stars, give me a great review. I would really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week. Well, that was a fascinating interview. I kind of expected that Stormy probably couldn't talk about The details that probably everybody wanted to hear about, but I was uh, a little bit more interested in the media fallout around the entire incident and, you know, how the press has been treating her and the way that the mainstream in general just tends to approach the adult industry and porn stars and the immediate prejudices that come with the title of porn star. So, um, I'm happy to see that she's doing well and that she's powering through all of this. Stormy is a strong girl. And it was really great to hear her stories about directing and working behind the scenes and just all of the stuff that goes on in her day-to-day life is also very interesting, not one specific incident that may or may not have happened Many years ago, Stormy is just a great girl all on her own and um, she's a fascinating person and a smart girl and we really, really appreciate her coming on. So thank you so much, Stormy next week on Holly Randall Unfiltered I am very excited to have my first transgender guest on I'm going to have Buck Angel on who is actually a female to male transition and I'm really excited about this because you know I don't know anything about the trans community or trans porn and it's something that I really would like to learn about I really want to kind of expand my horizons on this podcast and really learn things about different people and different lifestyles and just treat it like an educational experience so Buck is going to be Here next week to educate me on what it means to be trans, what it means to be a trans performer, and his whole experience that he went through transitioning. So I'm excited to hear that. Make sure that you guys tune in next week for Buck Angel on Holly Randall Unfiltered.